Well, hello, Renee. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm great. I want to welcome everyone to True Crime Broads today. And thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we were going to, we have several different things we want to go over about the Missy Beavers case. If you're new to True Crime Broads, this is the main case that we cover. And um, Renee, anything interesting happened lately to you? Well, something to tell about. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? Yeah, yeah you go ahead and then I'll, I'll follow up maybe. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I was going to ask you, you know, we have the best listeners. We have a listener we've mentioned on the air before. His name is Dale. And he's um, mm-hmm. always helpful and has um, good suggestions and good feedback for us and ideas. And one thing, did you get around to, did you ever listen to Victimology, that podcast that he sent us? I did not. I was having uh, some issues and wasn't able to do it, but I can't wait. Well, I listened to it. It was really good. And I really like the lady. Um, we'll give her a shout out. If no one's listened to Victimology before, it's a really good true crime podcast. Her name is Melissa, the host. Yeah. And um, I listened to one about the Delphi murders and Kelsey German, bless her heart. She's the older sister of one of the sweet girls that got murdered that day in Indiana. And she was really just really a good, a good guest. Um, I believe she was still in high school at the time of the murders, but she is a student at Purdue university now. And it was just really good. And Renee, I was laughing because apparently this Melissa lady that has this podcast, she must have that program or whatever it is that makes it cuts out the dead space the dead air and the ums and all that stuff I know I was like god bless our listeners for listening to us (laughs) because we do not edit really um and there's just us saying um all the time and lots of dead Mm -hmm. space while we're thinking so that you know when we maybe if we get a budget going at some point we can upgrade and learn how to use this stuff and or maybe it's free and it's just out there. We need to learn how to use it. If any of our listeners know what it is, please direct us toward it and we'll make your lives easier by Absolutely. cutting all that stuff out as well. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. it's really good. I highly recommend it. Anyone that hasn't listened to it, um, listened to victimology before and their Delphi one. I won't ruin it for everybody. I won't elaborate on what it was about. I'll let you guys enjoy it. But that was kind of what I just wanted to talk about. That was my big news is I got to listen to that podcast. And thanks again, Dale, for recommending it. Um, what have you been up? What have you been up to, Renee? Oh, not much. I um got back from out of town. Um, let's see, was it Thursday? No, it was Friday. I got back out of town. Um, I was in Oklahoma, and uh, that was an interesting trip. I was by myself, and I got home, and then um had to deliver some uh, sheets to somebody in Galveston. So hubby went with me, and um I made him listen to a podcast on the way there. <laughs> nice. And um yeah, it was it was I enjoyed it. But it's been really busy, just traveling a lot. And um, I mean, it's it seems like I'm going to basically have one day off and then it's back on the road again. So, But I'm not complaining because there are some people that aren't working right now. That's for sure. That mm-hmm. is for sure. It's a wild time we're living in. We've commented on that lately, but man, it's just things are just different. A lot of companies have hiring freezes right now. And, you know, it's really affecting a lot of things. You know, um, I heard a statistic earlier that it took us 10 years to get back all the jobs that were lost in 2008. And I think that, and we've lost considerably more jobs already during this crisis than we did in 08. So I think if we can get these jobs back in 10 years, that's probably pretty optimistic. So 
anyway, yeah, there's a lot going on in our world. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm just grateful anytime I get to work. So. Right. Absolutely. Before you get started on the recap, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to you for finding uh, Chris Gates for us to have on our podcast. That was enjoyable. And, um, and, and I know we're going to recap it, but I just wanted to say that before we got started. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you said that because I almost skipped right over recapping that and <laughs> launched into the Nissan Ultimate. So I'm glad you said that. And thank you. He's a super yeah, nice, he's a super nice guy. And our, he's with Fathom Realty, the same real estate agency, the same real estate brokerage I'm with. So it was pretty easy. I didn't scout too far. He was just sort of right under my nose. So when I saw he was in law enforcement still, um, I thought, Hey now that we got to talk to him. So, okay. So yes, you are right. We were going to recap our conversation with Chris Gates and um, we had a listener ask a question and um, uh, the question was, could you offer any insight as to why Fitzgerald would have called the secret service? And in that Ellis County CSI document, I did send it to Chris before he was our guest. And um, Fitzgerald was the author of that. And the person that was doing the investigation that morning, Um, NPD had called in Ellis County um, Sheriff's office because they did not have the equipment to do a crime scene, um, investigation of this magnitude so um and so anyway um chris told me that since he was trying to figure that out himself but since so much was redacted from that form he wasn't able to and by redacted for our listeners that don't know what that means i didn't before this case it means they literally take a sharpie and mark things out that they don't want the public to see because you know it does become public document at some point and so we do have the legal right as a as a citizen to um, request these documents but they can mark things out if they want to that could harm the it would be harmful to the investigation if we found you know if the general public was talking about it so he said he himself was trying to figure that out but there was so much blacked out um he said that the secret service usually gets involved if there's some kind of forgery um counterfeit money or something like that found at the scene but he said he really couldn't speculate and he said i'm sorry if that's not very much help i said oh don't worry about that and um he said that he also thought it was interesting though and it really made him think about it but he said there could also be some other reasons why the secret service would be called but he said that he's fairly certain that it's not an investigative practice that law enforcement wants the public knowing about. So he hesitated to tell me. And I said, I totally respect that. So I did not press him any further because he's still a sworn uh, peace officer. There's no reason to get him in trouble for our podcast. So (laughs) we let that go. But yeah, I thought that was really nice, but he did come back um, and he sent me one more follow-up message about this. He said, they do have capabilities for things associated with electronic devices. So It's possible they found something that they could have asked for their help in processing. Right. So that was it. I just wanted to share um, with our listeners that we did have one question from a listener. That was it. And if anybody out there has any questions for Chris Gates, he's a super nice guy. Um, We're happy to have him back on or we can ask him the questions and answer them here on our next episode. Right. I can't wait till um, I can get it figured out so we can have, because I think that we've talked about this before, where we can have like a, 
Um, when I say live, I, I know that me and you are not planning on doing any type of live video, but like a live audio um, um, podcast where people can ask questions and, you know, kind of like a live feed where they can uh, chat with us oh, and yeah. we can be talking, you know, answer questions at that time. So I've been, I'm going to start working on that more and see if we can't get that figured out. I know it's possible because we see it all the time. So maybe if you are listening, just, you know, be on the lookout for that. And, um, and then maybe we'll get it all set up and y'all can ask questions while we're, you know, having the podcast live. That would be fun. You know, just like armchair detective did that evening when Tim told us to turn it on. Yeah. Those are cool. I've always wondered, you know, I guess you have to have a big following though. I mean, not to discount us and, <laughs> but I don't know if we have a big enough following to get that. I guess we'd have to hype it in the groups and hope we can round up enough people to get it going. And I think, yeah. it, I guess we'll have to announce it on maybe our next podcast as well. The exact time and date. You know, I mean, not our next podcast, but the podcast before we do the live. Um, Okay, cool. That's a great idea. That'll be fun. Are you still there? Yeah. Did I lose you? I thought I lost you. It got really quiet. No, I just talk. (laughs) I stopped talking for a change. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. So are we going to talk about the Nissan Altima now, right? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So I, I think we've touched on this for a few minutes on another podcast, maybe like our second one, I think, but I don't think we really delved into it uh, very much. Um, but so the, on April 18th, um, the evening that Missy was killed, there was a, um, about, what is it? A, is it a mile or a mile and a half? I can't remember. I think it's 1.45, like almost a mile and a half. <laughs> Okay, that's what, yeah, I couldn't remember which one it was. So it's about a mile and a half down the road from the church. There's a, an SWFA, which is a gun store. And they um, they have like some really high-tech, um, well, I say high-tech, you can't really see anything on them, but I think it's because it was night, it was raining. Mm-hmm. But they have some really good surveillance cameras. They have like, um, I don't know if it's 17, they said it was 17 different angles. So I'm assuming they have 17 cameras. And so there's a, a car scene going around the um, parking lot of the SWFA building right down the street from the church. So at, in the very beginning, the police um, released a still picture of a the back of a vehicle. And they said, be on the lookout for a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima with an oval sticker on the back of it. So everybody was looking for one. And I mean, I can't tell you how many, and, and still to this day, every time I see a silver Nissan Altima, I look over. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Right. Anyway, so. Can I stop um, you for looking. a second? I need, yeah. to, I need to correct that. When I blurted out how far away Creekside Church is from SWFA Outdoors. And I knew it didn't sound right. So I'm sorry. I just want to correct this before we move forward. Um, it is only 0.6 miles. So it's a little over, okay. it's a little over half, one half of a mile and okay. it's a okay. three minute drive right now, I guess with no traffic, three minutes. Okay. Go ahead, Renee. Sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks for looking that up. Um, I did, but it was a long time ago and I did not remember. Yeah, me, me neither. Clearly. <laughs> so, um, okay. So they released the, the picture and everybody's looking for any Nissan Altima with an oval sticker on it. Well, it's never been said but I think a few of us have come to the, well, I say a few, probably a lot have come to the conclusion that there's no sticker on the back of this car. Um, Cause if you see, if you see the, the vehicle when they're going out of the parking lot 
it kind of goes up a little bit, you know, and kind of levels off. You can, you can tell that there's not one. And then as soon as the vehicle kind of gets up a little bit in the air, I guess the lighting from the sign and the lights kind of shine um, on the vehicle and, and cause a shadow of, I guess, the sign because it's oval and it shines on the back of the car and makes it look like there's a sticker. So we were looking for that for a while, which was kind of weird. But anyway, um, so the vehicle goes around the building and I think they're there for, let's see, they're there. I think they're in the parking lot for like six minutes or maybe seven, seven and a half minutes, something like that. And, um, you know, they don't, they don't really do anything. They just pull in. Well, they, first they pull in and they turn off their lights before they ever even get actually in the driveway. And then they pull in and then they drive around. Uh, they go all the way around to the back. And then at, at that point, they stop for a second. And some people say that they flash their lights. I don't really know if, if they're flashing their lights or if they're just turning them off real quick and turning them back on. Do you know what I'm talking about, Crystal? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. What do you think they're doing right there? You know... I have a hard time thinking that that's someone signaling someone. I know that's what people have speculated. I just don't don't know who they would be signaling. I've never heard of anyone using that as a signal. I mean, maybe like in a TV show or movie or something, but I can't really, that's sort of been the speculation that we've heard, uh, you know, just here locally. And I just, I, on, I mean, you know what my thoughts are. I think it's possible. I don't know. This Nissan Altima could be the killer, someone associated with the killer, or unrelated. Those are kind of the three choices, I guess. And if we're going to say it's possible it's unrelated and that that was simply a coincidence, because um, it was a couple hours before the murder. This, If it was maybe 20 minutes before the murder and it matched the car scene leaving the scene of the crime I might be more inclined to think that that's the killer but since it was a couple of hours before the murder took place and does not match the description of the vehicle seeing fleeing the scene of the crime a couple hours later I'm sort of leaning lately um toward perhaps that's just someone passing through with just wanting to get out of the rain um I know that sometimes I will think that I am turning on my windshield wipers to make them go faster when it's raining, but I'll accidentally hit my headlights or um, I just think that could have just been a mistake, but we're all, we've all been sort of analyzing this video for so long and looking at every single detail. And it might've just been a goof up by someone who was just struggling to see it was pitch dark and raining that night. So I think that, you know, it, it could be associated with the crime, of course, because um, that's why we're all talking about it. But I think there's also a pretty strong possibility that that person um, is either a local person or someone passing through on a road trip because 287, 287 does have a lot of through traffic throughout the night, you know, trucks, um, you know, people over the road drivers, you know, all night. And that could have just been someone passing through and was just pulling over to mm-hmm. I don't know do what, but at, at, you know, there's a point in the video where the Nissan Altima driver makes a decision to park and they park in a parking space and they select a parking strip a space that's directly under a street light. You know how parking lots will have street lights. Um, sure. And so there was a, it's, they park directly under that light. So I know that when I'm in my car, and there's light source, you know, right above the car like that, you really can't see out very well. Cause I was thinking, I initially thought 
that that Nissan Altima, when we first heard these reports, you know, a long time ago, I initially thought that that was probably someone who attempted to break into the church and then they ran across the street to watch to see if law enforcement showed up to see if there was possibly a silent alarm that was tripped or something like that to see if it was safe to come back in a couple hours and do the murder. But, um, you know, the fact that they selected a parking spot under a streetlight, that would suggest that they're not trying to hide. You know, it seems like you would find a dark place to park if you didn't want people to see you. Cause it seems like when you're under a streetlight like that, it's hard to see out, you know, beyond just the immediate space of your car around your car, but people can see you. So it kind of defies logic to me that that is someone hiding um, and trying to be sneaky when they opted, they intentionally parked under a streetlight because there was a lot of spaces that were not under streetlights. So it's a mystery. It's one of the many, many mysteries about this um, case. So I hope that we get an answer one day because that's been, it's really been something that a lot of people have put a lot of time into and um, some of us aren't even sure it's, involved in the murder so i hope we get to find out because it's a huge mystery it's another huge mystery well so what i was thinking is i mean i agree with you on the first part um that i don't think that they were signaling anyone i think that i think they turned them off like you know how you like your um i don't know you're, you're somewhere and you're thinking oh let me turn these off you know they're like maybe mm-hmm. shining in someone's house or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then you turn them off real quick and then you're like, oh, never mind. You turn them back on. I think they just turned them off like, oh, wait a minute. And then they turned them right back on. I don't think they were signaling like, see me over here or, yeah. you know. So I agree with you on that. I, I don't think they were signaling. I think it was just a, I think that they seen the car that was around the side and maybe they, it kind of startled them and they turned them off and then they were like oh there's nobody in that car or whatever uh, and yeah. they just turned them back on and kept going that's what i think but i don't think they were signaling anyone um and then as far as the parking spot um i mean you know looking at the video and i'm sure we've probably looked at it many many times among many other people have looked at it that many times you can't really you can't well you can't it's not that you can't really see you can't see anything inside that car while they're under that light so i actually think it was a positive for them to, to be under that light mm-hmm. because the glare with the rain and the dark all mm-hmm. coupled together caused it to where it was actually a benefit for them. If I think if they would have been a little bit further away, it would have had just enough light that it would have kind of just illuminated hmm. maybe them inside the car, but directly right under it. it you, you, I mean, you can't even, I can't even see uh, the outline of a person. Yeah, and, and you, it, and and I, that, it. I actually watched it to see if like they're moving around or maybe they're getting dressed or whatever. And I see nothing. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> so. a dark, rainy night. And I would say that whether or not the perp has anything to do with the Nissan Altima, that dark, rainy evening sure did work to their advantage, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny to have a piece of information and video like the Nissan Altima, and we know so little about it. You know, MPD said we want to talk to, they said that they were wanting the public to keep an eye out for the Nissan Altima, and they had the still photograph of it they released to the news. And then SWFA, one of their employees, I'm not sure who, did we ever get confirmation on that? Was it a manager, I think? Um, put it up, put it, yeah, they put it up on their on their YouTube 
And that's when this whole thing exploded. So interestingly enough, it was not Midlothian PD that initially released that video. It was actually the retail store, uh, Caddy Corner across the street, half a mile down the road, 0.6 miles down the road to be exact. And that was SWFA. They are the ones that released it. Um, you know, there was a tweet and I can put this on our Facebook and Instagram if people missed it back in 2016 on May 20th. I think what happened was um, maybe MPD got sick of hearing questions from reporters and the public about the Nissan Altima. So they sent out this tweet. They said the Nissan Altima is not, and they put in capital letters, N-O-T, a suspect vehicle only seen at a nearby business before the murder. Contact tip line 972-775-7624. So that was interesting. That was at 1035 AM on May 20th of, uh, so that was just a little over a month after Missy was killed. Um, so yeah, I really don't know. Of course, you know how I feel about all this stuff about the information coming from MPD. I don't think it's a lot of it's not accurate because they are trying to keep everybody in the dark about the investigation, um, for the good of the investigation. But you know, I really don't know what to think about the Nissan Optima. I just sort of lean toward it not being involved simply because, you know, I don't know why. I just kind of think that it just looks like someone fumbling around and then potentially they pull over to maybe, you know, look up someone's phone number or take a look at a map. You know, it's hard to, it's really hard to look at your um, GPS when it's dark and it's raining and keep your eyes on the road when you really need to. So I just kind of thought maybe they're looking at instruct directions or maybe pulled over to call someone and say, Hey, I'm going to be late. It's pouring down rain. Um, I don't know. That's just sort of my thoughts on it. But like I said, I hope we find out. And I, and if any of our listeners have any ideas on the Nissan Altima, please share them with us in our social media or send us an email at truecrimebroads at yahoo.com. We would love to hear anyone's thoughts. You know, one of the things that I want to point out is that, um, so the, I looked up the um, average time uh, frame for a response from police on like an alarm system. Yeah. And you touched on, you had touched on, um, you had mentioned a while ago about um, that you originally thought that maybe they had, you know, broken some glass or something and wanted to know if there was an alarm system. So the best way to do that would be to, you know, wait, or not wait, not wait at the location, but do something, break a window or something, and then go across the street, sit and wait, because the actual spot that they're in is a perfectly clear view to the church. So, um, and I don't remember the time you might remember, I'm not sure, but the um, motion activated cameras were uh, activated around two something at the church and they entered the parking lot at 1:58, and they exited at 204. So they were there for six minutes. And when they park in the parking spot under the light that you were referring to, and they sit there for three minutes and 16 seconds. So, and they had already been, they had already been driving around the parking lot for two minutes. So we're up to five minutes and some odd seconds um, of them being in the parking lot. So, you know, it does kind of work for the right time frame. Mm-hmm, it does. You know, for them to, to be in that spot. I mean, of course, I'm not saying that that's what's going on either, because obviously I don't know, but it is definitely uh, something to think about. And, you know, to know that when they, for when they go into the parking lot, from the time they park there and the time they leave, it's a little over three minutes. So total five minutes and something which is the average time for 
you know, law enforcement to respond to a call. So interesting. I just found it interesting. Um, I know that, uh, no, I'm so glad you brought up that because when we got that geofence search warrant, in fact, if I remember correctly, it's been so long since we've gotten a new search warrant. I believe that was the very last search warrant in this case was that geofence one um, with the Google data. And that was really shocking. And it did make me go back and revisit my thoughts on the Nissan Altima when I saw that the motion activated cameras had gone off in that same kind of time frame that the Nissan Altima was seen across the street, down the street. So no, that really did make me pause for a minute and go, Hmm, maybe that was that. Cause uh, we never heard anything from law enforcement that there was any kind of a, a motion activated um, alarm that went off. What, what time did the geofence search warrant say that happened like two thirty-five or something like that? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere a little after two. Okay, so um, I need to, we need to pull that out and look at it because I was even thinking about that um, in relation to this conversation. But that that matters, you know. That's interesting. I would love to know. Um, well, number one, I don't believe MPD ever told us, did they? The public that there was. Oh no, they yeah, didn't. they didn't even mention mm-hmm. that. And then um, it's possible that they weren't aware of it until the Google um, geofencing uh, occurred. It's possible that that was the first they knew that that had gone off earlier than when the perpetrator actually broke in uh, a little bit before 4 a.m. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is very interesting. I mean, it's, um, I mean, and what, what I always found odd and, and I, I, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to mention it again for anybody who may not remember or have heard the one where we talked a little bit about the Nissan Altima. Um, the last time that uh, the police talked about or um i guess made a plea to you know the public to send in tips or whatever about missy's case was in 2019 and i think it was april 17th if i'm not mistaken they mentioned that they were still you know wanting to know if anybody had any information about the nissan ultima that you know driving around the swfa and they said we're looking for a 2010 to 2012 nissan ultima lighting color or a 2010 to 2012 Infinity G, I believe it was 60. I never forgot that part now. But anyway, um, and I was like, kind of like taken aback. You I, know, was I was too. like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. Where did this car come from? So I looked it up. And I mean, I guess from a distance, they look alike. But you, they have clearly have different taillights. They have different. I mean, the whole front is different. So, I mean, and I'm no car expert, obviously, everybody knows that, but I, I just don't see that being an infinity. So I don't really know why they threw that out there. I think it's the, I think think? it's the infinity Q50 that is the equivalent to the Nissan Altima. And I don't understand that either. Cause I remember when that happened, you immediately said to me, I remember you called or texted me, you said that doesn't even have the same headlights. So how right. could that possibly be, or taillights, how could that possibly be mistaken for the same vehicle? It just really makes you wonder where some of this information is coming from, because I mean, I it's really strange. It, it was there, it was their um, press conference. I don't know if it was a press conference or just a, you know, statement or something, but um, I don't know, but you know, like, like no, I'm just going to say, I, I mean, I know literally where it came from, but I mean, like, what's driving the release of that information? Yeah. yeah okay. But, okay, I mean, okay. why say that mm-hmm. when it's clearly, 
the Nissan Altima, even to someone who doesn't you know, know much, can, I can tell that. Exactly. The, the taillights are so different on this Nissan Altima. They, they literally go like, you know, most taillights are literally at the back of the car and maybe sometimes around the side, you know, by the fit back fender. Well, but these actually, it's like a whole piece and it actually part of this taillight is on the top of the back of the car, if that makes any sense. And the infinity doesn't have that at all. Like not even close. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a huge, like you said, a huge piece of it. It's not like you can have part of one car and part of another. So it's, I don't know. Pretty weird. I didn't really understand that. Really very strange, but nevertheless, I mean, you know, they, they drive around, you know, like I said, for like, I think the, the whole video is seven minutes and something, seven minutes and 51 seconds or something. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about, about the, uh, about the, 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 car driving around um if you were able to see anything you know like if and i'm not saying that you can but if you were able to see anything in this video of this car you know maybe like male female one person two persons you know anything at all it would be right about the time of 658 to 659 on the timer because that you remember the end part where the car it shows the car when it's actually leaving so at first it shows you from a distance and then it shows it really close up i guess it's that there's a camera like right literally right above it and it shows it like a close-up and it's pretty much almost the end of the whole mm -hmm. video but anyway you can you know it's like a close-up and if there was any part of that video that could see anything it would to me it would and I know other people have said this too. It would be right about 658 to 659. I kind of went through it and, and watched it to kind of tell like right about where it would be. But anyway, I mean, if I mean, they have, um, oh, what's it called? Um, I had it on the tip of my tongue, you know, where they can, um, they can take surveillance in and work on Enhan it to where they can zoom Enhan in. And some, enhance the video. Thank you. I could not think of that word. Yes. I've said that so many times, but you know, right when it's time for me to say it, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But anyway, so they have that ability to do that. And I, I mean, I can't imagine that they wouldn't have, but you know, I mean, maybe they did and they still, yeah, see, still that's not enough. What I'm you, know, thinking know. Is, you know, you know that, I mean, they sent the video to, of the perpetrator walking around the church, you know, but prior to the murder, they sent that video to that, um, new state of the art Tarrant County, um, office you know the da's office that has that fantastic um state-of-the-art video analysis place so wouldn't you think that they also sent the nissan ultima video over there i would think i don't know that for a fact though do you no i don't i do we we just had heard that and we i, I think we just kind of assumed it but i mean i can't right. imagine why they wouldn't you know i mean if we're gonna have you know, this um, opportunity to send uh, evidence to someone who specializes in, you know, being able to um, do kinds of things that we can't see or whatever. You would think they right, would definitely right. send both. You know? Especially something that important. But yeah, you know? so MPD has said um, several times, and they also tweeted it, that that is not, they don't consider the driver of that car the suspect. But they kind of made it sound like we just want to talk to them in case they saw something. But obviously, it's natural for us to think it could be the killer or someone who was helping them keep an eye out, you know. So it's a mystery, right. just like the majority of this case is. 
Yeah, actually, you know, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, even if they maybe they were able to uh, see something that we can't see, they, that still doesn't prove anything because, you know, they're going to have to have more evidence than, oh, well, you were seen in a car, you know, a couple hours before. I mean, that might give you the information or the confirmation that you need that that person is involved, but you still got more work to do to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt uh -huh. that they killed somebody. So, so there's that. And that that's makes it even harder, but um, you know, that's all we can do is help yeah. for, <laughs> right. for technology. It's, it's, I really, I think it's really sad. And I know I've harped on this in the past, but I really think that MPD should come forward. If you're going to ask the public to look for a certain car. And like you said, the last time they asked us to, was in 2019. So we've got three solid years of them asking us to look for a Nissan Altima and, you know, having to do with this case. Um, it's time for them to step forward and tell us, did you locate that vehicle? Did you find out that who the owners were and you've decided that they didn't see anything or they don't know anything about the case and you let them go? Are we supposed to still be on the lookout for the car? They really, I think that the public deserves an update. Um, I know a lot of people have the attitude of, hey, the police don't owe you us anything, but they kind of do. I mean, they asked us to look for this car. Are we supposed to still be calling in tips on it? We have somebody that we're acquainted with that mm -hmm. had called in a tip on the Ultima, remember, or had asked about the Ultima to MPD, and they said, oh, no, we figured that out. We're no longer interested in the Nissan Ultima. Um, do you remember that? Remember? That was Joel. So what's... So what do you make of that? I mean, that's really crazy that they wouldn't bother to tell the public. I think that the public deserves to have that update. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's, I, you know, a lot of people do say that they don't owe us anything, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I wouldn't call it owing, owing us anything. I would call it, you know, just, you know, keeping us, you know, informed so that we know, I mean, like you said, are we going to continue looking for this car? Because I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that, you know, for people that are really involved in this case, I'm sure that every time they see a light colored Nissan Altima, they take a second look, you know? So we're like, oh, wait a minute. Let me look at that card. Is it? And then some people may still be looking for a sticker right. on it. Who knows? Yeah, that's interesting. Know? So we don't have any updates on the Nissan Altima. Um, and we're not sure when NBC, and I was going to say when NPD is going to update us on it again, but I don't know when they're going to talk about this case again, ever. It just seems like they've dropped it like a hot potato and I hope they haven't dropped the case. I just mean they've dropped updating the public. We have not had a press conference or even a blurb in the newspaper in an extremely long time. Yeah, that we expected, we half expected, half expected to see something this past April and, you know, here it is May 9th and, you know, we no not one word from anyone. I mean, we were, you know, there's, you know, other people, you know, including us, of course, that have podcasts about it, but there's nothing official from any law enforcement, any reporter, anyone. So I was, I was quite shocked that it was literally that it's, silent. It's truly shocking. And um, so, you know, we might want to see if we can try to get an update from MPD. I don't know how we would go about that because as amateur journalists, as podcasters, I mean, it's different. You know, if I feel like if I had some press credentials, I might be a little more confident about calling them up. But I'm afraid if I call them, I'm just going to be another kook, you know, that calls and wants updates. And so I'm not really sure mm -hmm. what we can do about that. If anyone has any suggestions on how we can influence. Um, it just seems like people, especially that live in Ellis County, I mean, you you know, 
I, I'm no longer in the immediate area, but those of you who are really have a vested interest in your own safety and we've said it before, but let's get real. I mean, there's a homicidal maniac on the loose and, um, more than likely just from talking to law enforcement experts, the, the belief is it's a pretty solid belief that this person's probably living in the community or at least a short drive from the community probably was not a drifter, probably was not someone just passing through. So with that statistically being the case, that's really a frightening reality that people in the Waxahachie and Midlothian area have to worry about on a daily basis. I mean, you know, we talked about it before. But they do. I think they did make a comment and I I can't, a lot of times if I say something, I can almost, almost quote what I read because I probably Mm -hmm. read it 10 times, but I can't, maybe you can help me, but I do remember them saying something to the effect of, we don't believe that anyone's in any immediate danger. We feel like this was an isolated incident. So it's not like this person is going to go and do it to somebody else. Not not that they would actually be able to say that. They knew who it was, which is another story, but you know what I'm talking about? I think that, you know, I don't blame them for wanting to say something to comfort people in the immediate area, immediate area. But I also have to wonder if you don't know who did this, which is what they claim. Um, they they even the last time they had a face to face, you know, where we could see them talk, they said we're still split on whether it's male or female. Um, so if they're really that lost, right. which I doubt they are, but if they're really as lost as they're pretending to be, then how can they tell us that it was isolated? How do you know this isn't someone that's going to go off again? Yeah. I mean, anyone that would do something this violent and this brazen to someone who is simply just there to teach an exercise class, that someone's definitely got a screw loose. I can't even imagine that someone that's that disturbed and that demented that we would just say, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's cool. No one else is going to get hurt. You know, that just, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. Well, I don't know either. I mean, I just, yeah. I just remember I'm saying that and, you know, on one hand it makes you feel like, Oh, okay. But on the other hand, you're like, but you still don't <laughs> yeah. know who it is or you still haven't proven it. So I know. do we believe it's, you it's, or do we not? <laughs> I wish, I wish there was something about this case that wasn't confusing because I feel like, Every single aspect of this case that we pick apart is just really confusing and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm hoping we come across something that's clear one of these days. Right. I totally agree with you. Um, Are we done with the Nissan Altima? I think so. I mean, um, I mean, I talked about the, mm-hmm. you know, the driving around about the, the actual color of it. I mean, the, everything, I think we covered everything. And we can upload the video that. from YouTube of that for those of you uh, who are listening, who are not familiar with the Nissan Altima video so that you can watch it for yourself and keep in mind that it's point, uh, it's six tenths of a mile catty corner, you know, across the street from um, the church where the murder took place there in Midlothian on two eighty seven. And, um, and then I'll also, I'll go ahead and post that tweet. I'll probably put that on Instagram since Instagram is a good place for pictures. And then, um, so yeah, so I guess, um, if anyone has any comments about the Nissan Altima, please, please leave them on one of our platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. You want to move on to the next topic? 
So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about, um, basically, I just wanted to um, have a plea to the family of the perpetrator, um, you know, and, and, and that could be someone who knows the person did it, but they're scared to say something. Maybe they uh, don't know, but they have, um, you know, some kind of an idea, an inkling that maybe they did something. Um, I mean, I guess I'd start out by saying this, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of Missy Mm -hmm. when I pass that church. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of like, and I'm going to reference something else here. The case of a, a Chris Watts that killed his entire family, which was absolutely horrific. Um, every time I pass the oil tanks that they mm. they put the oil in from uh, pumping it to the ground, I think of those nauseating. girls, and it just makes me sick. Every single time I see them now, I do. And sometimes I go, you know, all over Texas, and uh, sometimes I go, you know, towards West Texas, Lubbock. Uh, Amarillo, things like, you know, cities like that. And, and there's, you know, those, those old pumps are everywhere. The pump jacks are everywhere. And then those old tanks are there the res- for the reserves for the oil. And every time I pass them, and it's the same thing with the church, every single time, it's just crazy that every time I pass there, and, so, and I'm one of those people that I, I do get somewhat emotional about things. And and if I really, really think about something, it can make me, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but it can make mm-hmm. me really, really upset or sad. And sometimes I just have to separate from it because um, that's pretty much the only way I can keep myself from being emotional all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just thinking about what she went through and it just, oh, it just makes me mm-hmm. sick, you know, and it, and she was such a wonderful person and mm-hmm. nobody deserves to die like that. But I mean, I guess basically I would just want to say, you know, if you are related to someone or you know someone um, that you think it's a possibility that they may or may not have had something, they may have, I'm sorry, not may or may not, but may have had something to do with the murder of Missy Beavers, or even if they, you think that they might know something, you know, I just urge you to find it in your heart to take the steps to at least putting that to rest. You know what I'm saying? Like just talk to them or if you, if you can't talk to them, which that may not even be a good idea, talk to the police about it, you know, let them obviously let them handle it and, and see, you know, if that can be resolved and, and find out if there's a possibility, whether they did or didn't. I mean, and there's several things that you can look for in a person that, if you suspect that they've done something, you know, like they've had mood changes, um, they get angry more often, they're emotional, uh, being defensive is a big one. I mean, they'll be defensive about things that don't even, you know, that don't even have anything to do with what you're going through or talking about or anything like that. I mean, there's so many red flags and I think that people, I think that they notice them, but a lot of times I think that they're in denial because they don't want to even go there because they know it's going to disrupt their life. You know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be horrible. I mean, we, we know all these things, it's going to be horrible, but you know, it's going to be so much better for the person that's having to experience all these things in the long run for this person to be right apprehended. Yeah. You know? I, I think that it is, what do you I think? agree. And um, I think that 
you know, sometimes they'll say that someone who has committed a horrible crime, such as murder, but is eating at them, um, um, it, they might sometimes yeah. act differently, like you said. Um, they might gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight. Um, they may have difficult. They may have different yep. sleeping yeah. patterns. They may not be grooming themselves as the same way they used to. Um, they may have a change in, of appearance, which could possibly be from the depression or the PTSD. Um, or it could be because they literally don't want to look like the perpetrator on that video. They may have tried to lose a lot of weight or gain weight um, or something of that nature. Um, also, you know, if somebody, I'll continue to appeal like you were, if you know anyone who you think it's possible that they were involved in this because they were missing during the hours of the night, we and the very early on the morning of April 18th, 2016, and it's been bothering you, go ahead and explore it with the police. Don't feel bad if it's someone in your family. If they didn't do it, they'll get cleared. Um, yeah, so just right. go ahead exactly. and explore that. If there's a neighbor, a really good friend, an acquaintance, your husband, um, a, your wife, a friend, anybody that you think it's even remotely possible it could be the break in the case they're looking for or it'll help you sleep better um Mm -hmm. if you know that it ended up being nothing and my understanding is that the police i mean they do have an anonymous tip line and it's my understanding that they will keep you anonymous for your own safety so keep that in mind you don't necessarily blow the whistle on yourself if you turn someone in Right. And I think that a lot of people get confused and and I'm sure I did too, at some point when, in the beginning, when this all started, you know, they're not looking for your opinion on, um, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? The things that people are calling in, um, about it, you know, like, um, well, I saw a guy at the grocery store and he walks, you know, kind of funny. Well, do you know if, if, um, they're connected to, you know, missing anyway. Though I don't even know who the person is. I just seen him walk in, and you know, they're. I don't. I don't think that they're really looking for that kind of thing. Um, I mean, unless you know that there's some connection to the, you know, to her, or um, you know, you know what I'm saying. They, they, they kind of um, were asking for people to not send in tips like that to be more, you know, more specific. Um, something more connected to the to the crime and not just your thoughts on, you know, did you check so-and-so or did you do such and such, you know, they're, they're actually wanting people to, and they, and they actually said, and I don't remember when this was, you might remember um, that they think that it's just that one piece of information that will be the break in the case. And that would be so awesome to, to finally, you know, be able to experience them, um, the, the day that we hear something like that, you know, many times in the very beginning, we heard so many times, Oh, um, you know, tonight it's going to be on and on TV and, and, and they've caught somebody or something. And every time it was mm-hmm. just a rumor. You remember that in the very beginning? Yeah. It was so frustrating, but I mean, they, they did say that they think that it's going to be a person that actually ends up giving a tip to police. That's going to be the break in this case. So that's why we wanted to do this plea to the family or friend of this perpetrator or coworker, you know, anyone, if you notice something or you've heard somebody saying something or, you know, just, just anything that, you know, just, we're just asking you to please, 
you know, come forward and talk to police and let them know your thoughts because it might just be the difference between this person getting away and actually being apprehended and, and paying for the crime of, of uh, murdering Miss. Yes, absolutely. And we really appreciate everyone for listening to, we appreciate everyone listening to true crime broads and we hope that you're getting something out of this podcast. We would love to hear your comments, questions, or concerns. Please share with us. Um, there's a way on the anchor app that you can actually leave us a recorded message. We would love to hear from you if you would prefer to speak a message to us, or if you want to write us at our email address, which is truecrimebroads at yahoo.com, or you can write us um, truecrimebroads um, is on Facebook. And we do get a lot of messages there. Wouldn't you say, Renee, that's probably the main place we get messages. And then we also, yeah. And then on um, yeah, Instagram, we, we also have people that comment with questions and comments we we love it we read each and every one of them and we respond so please let us know um if you're anything you want us to cover in a future episode and of course obviously please contact midlothian police department if you have any information that might help out with this crime even if it seems tiny exactly that's that's what we're what we're definitely hoping for and um we uh we appreciate each and every one of y'all for listening to us and being a part of our podcast and um, keep sending in your, you know, your uh, questions because we're going to, we're going to hopefully, like I said, we're going to work on that live uh, YouTube. I'm going to try to keep working on that so we can do that. I think that will be really um, interesting and, uh, you know, be able to bring our listeners in on the actual podcast itself and be able to talk with them and kind of, you know, uh, go through questions and, you know, just discussion. It would be, I think yes, it would be interesting. Definitely. That would be, that'd be really a cool thing to do. Thank you for looking into that. All right. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. I Anything think that's all I have. Is all you have, Renee? Okay. Thanks for joining Absolutely, us. Absolutely. Yeah. All, right, hey, well, all the moms out there have a happy Mother's Day. Tomorrow's the day. All right. Thank you for listening. Oh, absolutely. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.